All right, what is going on, everybody? This is episode seven of the All Day Cincinnati Sports Podcast, your podcast for everything you need to know Cincinnati sports. Um, I am Parker Fields here with my co-host, Donnie Menke, as today we're going to be talking about the Jets versus Bengals game at one o'clock on Sunday. We're going to be previewing the game, giving you everything you need to know to get ready for this game and uh, hopefully cheer on a Bengals win this weekend. Um, UC does play Indiana this week in a big game. We're not going to talk about that on today's episode, but we will cover that game uh, on next week's episode and let you know everything that went on with that. But um, yeah, not really anything else to get into. Let's just get right into this game. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the Bengals versus Jets injury report here, Donnie. Um, we got for the Jets, George Fant. He's on the I.L. John Franklin Myers, or not on the aisle, just on the list. Uh, CJ Uzama, Jordan Whitehead, Quinnen Williams, and of course Zach Wilson is out. Um, for the Bengals, you got Lyle Collins, who is looking like he's not going to play. Jermaine Pratt, um, Drew Sample, and then Hayden Hurst, who looks like he's fine, and then Devin Asai. Mm -hmm. uh, what are so, your thoughts on some of that? Do you think they'll be big factors? Um, Quinnen Williams could be big, depending on how severe that is. He's a pretty big part of that that pass rush, and if Collins is out they he could be a huge difference if he's fully healthy i'm with you there quinnon williams is an elite an elite pass rusher and um if he's not playing for the jets this weekend that could be huge for the Bengals, especially with the fact that they just have a struggling offensive line in general um if the defensive line is struggling for the jets that's a big plus for the Bengals. oh yeah um from a petty perspective, I'm very interested in CJ Uzama being on that list. <laughs> but uh, exactly, exactly. I don't think he'd affect the game too much. Uh, but yeah, most of that list seems about what I expected. Lyle Collins, though, for Cincinnati is is pretty massive. Like he struggled these first two games, but you need those reps, man. Like I feel like he'd just he'd be better with time and not playing in a game like this against a easier front is is not not a good sign exactly like lyle collins has been struggling but he has been a very good offensive lineman in this league before he's been an excellent offensive lineman in this league before so for him to get back to that level he definitely needs the reps and being injured and missing games is not going to help at all it's just going to make it worse yeah yeah it's not going to be any good um Drew Sample being out, I don't know that that's going to affect much. I don't think it matters. He, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do much. Wilcox yeah, he, can do the same stuff, and Asiasi can do the same stuff too. That's part of why yeah. they picked him up, is because he fits that mold. And Sample let up a sack last week anyway, um, so it's not like he was on on top of his game either. Yeah, I remember Asiasi. I I always say Asai like I like a Asai bowl. I always say that because I always forget the S. But Asi, I was high on him out of college. When I remember when the Patriots drafted him, I thought he was going to be really good and actually like get a shot to start for the Patriots there. But they signed Henry and everything, and then yeah, he was just in a backup role, and that's what he's been through his career. But I thought he was going to be a really good player in the league when he first came out of college. Oh yeah, me too. I getting somebody like him on waivers. That, that was a really nice pickup for them, especially with all these injuries mm -hmm. to the tight end room. Yeah, I'm I'm with you for sure there. Um, also, Hayden Hurst, uh, I think he'll be fine. It's just groin injury. Seems like he'll be okay. Just limiting him in practice, just making sure he doesn't hurt it worse and make sure he's ready to go for Sundays, I think, what they're doing. Yeah, because if he's if something comes up and suddenly he can't, that that's – they are already struggling against cover two and they take away the best option on a seam route. That's going to, 
that won't help anything. So yeah, as long as he's okay, it should be fine. But that's definitely something something to watch. Mm -hmm. And like I said, with Hayden Hurst, like <laughs> they need to find him on those seam routes and send him on mm -hmm. some more routes instead of just flat routes, five yards or two yard uh, out routes in the flats. Yep. Yep. That's one way to beat the looks they've been seeing. So absolutely. Um, yep. Really hope he's good to go. But like you said, he should be. So probably not anything to worry about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's you pretty much said it all there. Um, let's talk about some keys to the game for this game. You got a first key to for me? The seam routes. <laughs> How do they attack <laughs> cover two that they're going to see uh, again, undoubtedly, for the third week in a row because they've mm -hmm. struggled with it the first two weeks? Um, I just do they have a coherent offensive plan? Is the offensive line going to communicate better? Is the play calling going to be better? Is Burrow going to be better? Is Mixon going to be better? Like he, because Mixon being forcing more than his tackles and and stuff like that would be helpful to getting defenses out of cover too. Because if you can run on them, they can't use it. If you can attack the seam, they can't use it. You just gotta, just gotta figure out how to attack that defense before you get into an O three hole. I agree with you there, and my key is going to be uh, on the Bengals' front seven. If they can force pressure on Joe Flacco, I feel like the Bengals should eat on defense this whole game. Uh, I feel like Joe Flacco will make some mistakes if you uh, put pressure on him at this eight, uh, point in his career. Mm -hmm. But if he can sit in the pocket and have time to throw the ball, he's shown he can still throw. Flacco can still sling it if he's got time in the pocket, but – if we get pressure on him, that's when he has really struggled these last few years as he's been a journeyman. If you really can get pressure on him, he'll make some bad decisions, he'll make some bad reads, and the Bengals can maybe get a touchdown on defense off of a bad read <laughs> or at least lead to some points. Yeah, which they were really close to having that happen in Dallas, so I don't see why not. Multiple times. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's some definitely something I wanted to watch because Trey Hendrickson hasn't been playing at the level he did last year. So maybe with the offensive line issues for for New York, maybe he can get going a little bit. Um, DJ Reader's been playing at an elite level, maybe the best, second best defensive tackle in the league behind Donald so far. Yeah. Um. So, like you said, getting that pass rush, seeing if Reader can keep it up, seeing if Hendrickson can get going, seeing if they can maybe get some linebackers into the backfield. Um, I, I think you're right. I think that could be pretty pretty big in determining uh, how this goes because Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are a pretty good wide receiver tandem, and yeah. Eli Apple got lit up last week. Yeah, Garrett Wilson looked really good against the Browns. I don't know if you watched that game. He was feasting on that secondary. I don't know what his stats were. I'm about to pull him up real quick. But he was just making some big plays. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know he had that late touchdown that sealed the game for him. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, know, eight um, for one hundred two. Eight for one hundred two. That's a hell of a and game. Two and two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, and two touchdowns. That's a hell of a game for a rookie right there. And even week one, four for fifty-two against the Ravens, where they got blown out, isn't horrible. That's yeah, a solid no. game. Yeah, and my dynasty team is very happy with him so far. Um, <laughs> but, he was a solid pickup for you. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you can't. Obviously, you can't put a woozy on both. Moore might line up in the slot a little bit more, so you might be able to put Hilton on him. 
But if they're both outside, get the pressure, limit the chances they have to target those DBs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, that secondary is going to need to play good with Bates in the back end and Von Bell in the back end. Uh, we're going to need to see more out of Bates. He has not been the best in coverage, as we know so far this year. He just hasn't played that great in general. And um, that secondary is definitely going to have to step up because for the Jets, you don't really think of a good receiving core or anything. But this year, they got some young studs on that team for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely going to need Bates to show more than he did last week. Um, just be, I think last week, first two weeks have been rust for for a big part of it, just because he didn't practice. Until yeah, he like didn't have any. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He didn't have any training camp at all. Yeah, and I think that's a lot. I think that's a fair amount of the issues with the whole team with a lot of the starters. But you're you need Bates this week because Tyler Conklin's been a good tight end for them too. So you just you need your DBs to step up, and Bates is definitely. Definitely a guy you need to key on for that. Yeah, for sure there. Donnie, you got any uh, other keys for me? Uh, seeing how well Burrow handles the clean pockets. Um, I know with Collins out that he may not get as many or maybe more. Who knows? Um, but he hasn't handled them as well as he did last year so far. And yeah, part of that, it, it's, you know, I think he played similarly to how he did the first two games last year. He just hasn't hit the deep shot chase at any point. Um, so just making sure that he's improving in that, making sure he's shaking that, that rust off, getting more comfortable back there, I think is going to be really important to not only the rest, of, not only this game, but to the rest of the season, seeing him make those strides in this game will be, will be a big point for me. Yeah, he uh, he doesn't look very comfortable in the pocket right now. He's really like you can tell he's sensing the pressure and he's even leaving the pocket before the pressure gets there sometimes. And he's scrambling when he doesn't have to. And he could sit in there a little while longer and make a play with his arm. And instead, he's trying to uh, extend it. And it's just ending up in a sack because he left the pocket or something like that. Or even has to throw the ball away where he could sit in the pocket longer. You can tell he's just a little nervous. Well, I mean. When you do get hit that much, though, you're going to be a little nervous in that pocket. And yeah. that's an offensive line issue, too. Even if it's Burrow's issue on that exact play, when you're get, uh, letting up so much pressure on your quarterback, your quarterback's going to be nervous back there. He's only human. He's not Batman or Superman back there. Like He's going to get scared <laughs> when somebody's running after him. These 300-pound men are constantly running after him. So you can't blame Joe Burrow that much on that, but – he does need to sit in there longer and trust his O-line a little more than I feel like he's been trusting them. Yeah, and that goes back to, um, I think I mentioned it on the last episode, I'm not sure. He had the second fastest time to throwing the ball in the NFL yeah. at 2.1 seconds. So, like, if you need to see that get closer to average this week, I know that's not all on him. A large part of that is also on the OL and play calling. So, but he needs to do better in his portion of it to get, like, maybe to 2.3 just – a little more comfortable in the pocket because you need to see those steps going in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. Everybody follow Donnie on Twitter because I always see random stats. He like likes on Twitter and it says Donnie Menke likes. So then I saw, like, I saw that stat you told me about the other week. I saw that before you even said that on the last pod because you liked it on Twitter. You'll get big brother updates too. 
<laughs> Don't tell people I watch that show. <laughs> God, hey, that's yeah. good television right there. <laughs> what about you? You got any other keys to the game? Uh, yeah, I do. I'm going to go with spread the ball around from Burrow. He needs to spread the wealth more. Um, I'm not saying like everybody was wide open besides Chase last game, but it seemed like he was really keying on Chase, and that led to a couple sacks, honestly, and he just wasn't like – wasn't going to a second read when his first read wasn't there. He was just pretty much waiting on Chase to get open, and it just wasn't happening as much. And Tyler Boyd can't have – does he have four receptions, I think, in two games? Yeah, it's something putrid so far. Boy, did Boyd lead the, lead the team in receptions last year, or he was really close? He – so far this year he has six receptions. Last yeah. year he had 67. Boyd Boyd needs to have four to five receptions each game because he's your he's your slot guy. That's who you need to find in the middle of the field, uh, get you those 10-yard passes, get you those completions, get you those first downs. And Tyler Boyd needs to get targeted more. I know he has six receptions, like you said, but I feel like he probably has six receptions on like eight targets. It really seems like he's not getting targeted much at all. Yeah, it really feels that way. Maybe Maybe it's not as much, but at least early in the game, he's not getting targeted at all. <laughs> Yeah, he's really not. Um, oh, he was third on the team in receptions last year. But it was all three were really close, weren't they? Yeah, he had 67, Higgins had 74, and Chase had 81. So they were within a couple of yeah. games or one a game of each other. Yeah. Because Boyd's or Chase just had so many more yards because his were all down the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just feel like Tower Boyd definitely needs to get involved in the offense and get in more of a rhythm of the game early in the game. And same with T. Higgins. Uh, teams are going to, like, double chase, and you have a top-10 receiver on the other side out there in T. Higgins, and he showed what he can do in that second half against the Cowboys. Because for how big and strong he is, he moves. He reminds me so much of A.J. Green, like, literally so much just watching him play. Like, mm -hmm. when he comes across on those crossing routes, you forget that dude's so big because he move, he runs so fast across across the field like that. And he's really actually pretty solid after the catch for how big he is. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, he's he's really agile and everything. And I just – I really like T. Higgins. I think he needs to get the ball more in this offense. And he just needs to spread the ball around more. And uh, Zach Taylor, do me one favor. Quit calling back shoulder fades to Samaj P. Ryan. I, I've seen like three times this season. I know you have too. Where Pirine mm -hmm. gets a freaking deep ball thrown to him and it just goes out, sails out of bounds. What is that play call? <laughs> like, why is Samaje Pirine running that route in the first place? What, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't even know. You're not going to like uh, Taylor's press conference yesterday either, then, though. Why? Called, called Samaje Pirine the, like the ultimate bangle or something like that. The ultimate Bengal. I like Samaje <laughs> Piran, but I just don't understand why he's running deep fades. Same with Mixon. I've seen him throw a couple to Mixon, too. It's like yeah. every I, time I, we're in the two-minute drill, for some reason, that's a play we run. <laughs> Back yeah. shoulder fade to Piran. I prefer the screen to Piran. You know, the same yeah. thing that got the touchdown in the AFC title game. Exactly. Why are we running back shoulder fades to, <laughs> to our – I don't know. How tall is Piran? Do you know? He's he's not big. Um, yeah, he's not very tall. He's help five eleven. So yeah, I, five according 11, to that, I'm taller than him. him. Yeah, I don't even think he's five eleven though. Honestly, he doesn't I'm look that sure, big. Yeah. 
Because you yeah. know he probably he probably gives himself an inch too. I have to, you're gonna give yourself an inch probably. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but according to Taylor, he's their definition of a Bengal, so he'll be around a while. Yeah, he's gonna be here till he's 38 years. I mean, he look he's literally. <laughs> I remember last year when I found out he was a uh, like 25 or 26. Now he's probably mm -hmm. 27. I yeah. was in awe. Like even though I remember him in college. I just forgot who he was pretty much when he became the Bengals backup running back and he's bald and with the beard. <laughs> I was like, I just, I thought he was much older. Yeah. I remember watching the army all America game where he committed to Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People then, forget Mixon was his backup. A lot of college. <laughs> now. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> Piran was a stud in college. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was. And I don't have anything against him. I just – I I know he's the best pass pro back. I just yeah. wish we could see more Chris Evans. So do I. I feel as if Chris Evans could be that Gio Bernard guy, get some receptions in the receiving game, mm -hmm. and get some – get like I, – I think he could get five carries a game and give you four yards a carry or something. Just give you a little switch up. We need a switch up because they key so much on Mixon. And, like, you could tell on some of Mixon's run, it's, he has no burst at that point because he's getting Derrick Henry amounts of load right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, we we are, like, one of the few teams in the league who runs, like, a one running back system. That's literally, like, us, the Colts, and the Titans, and the Vikings a little bit. Like, that's literally the only teams that do that. Yeah, I know. Point. I haven't thought through thought it through much, but um, – I was would love to see more of like if you're in shotgun, have P Ryan and Mixon out there together, or have P Ryan and Evans out there together. If you've got Chase Higgins and Boyd out there, they can they should be able to win matchups one on one, right? Just yeah, throw the blocking back out there, throw Mixon out there with him. Then defenses can't key on whether it's a run or a pass because you could send Mixon out to catch, or you keep P Ryan into block, or you could send mm -hmm. Mixon out on an inside zone. Like I just I wish we would see more of that. Yeah. Um, you got another key for me though. We'll do one more each. Yeah. Um, just for kind of Cincinnati's sake, I want to see Chase on Sauce Gardner. I want to see how that matchup plays out. Um, because I loved watching Sauce at, at Cincinnati. Like he was legitimately my favorite corner to watch last year. Um, seeing, yeah, this this is a big test. Obviously, this is the best receiver he'll have faced so far. Exactly. So I really want to see how that matchup plays out. And if Cincinnati can take advantage of it, if if maybe even when Chase wins decidedly. Yeah, I I, uh, I do want to see that matchup as well. Just like you said, Sauce was awesome to watch in college. Like as shut down as it gets for a college cornerback. Yeah, he almost gave a touchdown his, his career in his entire yeah. career. And he still hasn't so far because he almost gave up a touchdown last week, but they called it off. They called it off. He almost <laughs> gave up a touchdown, but his uh, they threw that back shoulder fade. I forget who it was against, but they threw a back shoulder fade against him, but didn't tap his feet in uh, inbounds. So Sauce still technically hasn't given up a touchdown man to man, which is honestly nuts. <laughs> like seriously, yeah, it's really insane. Somebody who played as much as he did in college and is a day one starter in the NFL. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I think it's going to happen this week, though, maybe. <laughs> I think it definitely could happen this week. 
I think Bearcat Bengals fans are torn. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, you can't be torn, though. You can root for him to have a good game and still get whooped. That's how it should be. Root for Sauce Gardner to do something, but just lose. let him give up 100 yards to Chase and then, then switch off in the red zone and have Chase on yeah. another corner yeah, and Chase yeah. score that way. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Don't don't give up a touchdown, and then Bearcats fans will be fine. Um, <laughs> the last key I'll say is just creativity with the play calling for the Bengals. Like, this mm. has almost been all offense for our keys for the Bengals, but it, it honestly should be. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it just really should be because our defense has looked elite so far. Like yeah, I said, we got pressure. But yeah, they showed that they can be what we thought, a top 15 to 10 defense. And the offense is the – the unit that's supposed to be special out of the two, and they're the t uh, the unit that's not doing anything, right? And not holding up their end of the bargain. But yeah, I just want to see Zach Taylor draw up some more creative play calls. Like you said last week, they did run more out of the shotgun and they did pass more uh, under center. But they just need to keep mixing that up more because week one, like you said, it was if they're in the shotgun, Joe Burrow's dropping back. If they're under center, Joe Mixon's getting an inside handoff. I'd mm -hmm. like to see some more outside runs for Mixon too. I don't know if you like every run is inside. I I don't. I, I want to yeah. know who created what like offensive minded coach. I'm not saying they know more than me. Obviously, not saying that. But I do want to meet the guy who started the pitch play to go inside. I don't understand that play. Like when lots yeah. of teams, I swear it never works. Like. Mixon every time we do that gets a three yard loss, or if he gains anything, it's just because he broke some tackles. Like you're pitching the ball directly backwards with no momentum. Your momentum is going to the outside, and you're supposed to run it inside. That is the worst play call. And I feel like the Bengals run that like two or three times a game. And just every time they run that, I just want to. I just I can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely because, and part of it with the run game, it feels like um, they're trying new schemes in games yeah. because they didn't have any reps with this offensive line in the preseason. Yes. So I, I agree, though. More creative play calls are going to be huge. For yeah. This it's, it seems like they're trying new schemes in terms of the like blocking schemes, but our mm -hmm. just actual runs are very just very bland and like you know what's coming it's an inside handoff to joe mixon every time like yeah we never run anything to the outside like no stretch plays no nothing to the outside and i'd like to see that more i'd like to see mixon get some handoffs out of shotgun more like seriously agreed switch yeah it up. yeah agreed on that and you talked about bland and going back to that um the snap from under center thing to week one it was even worse because when somebody motioned across the formation, the run went to that side all but like twice. Yeah. So you could even key in even further and be like, oh, Higgins or Boyd or Chase or whoever's crossing left, Mixon's going to go left. You just and, need, you can't do that every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm pulling up a stat here real quick. Uh, Chase doesn't have any handoffs this year, does he? I think he has one because he took out the sound guy. Oh, he did. Stout. He did. Yeah. yeah. So he has one carry. He has one carry. Last year on the season, he had uh, seven carries. I thought he had more than that, but still, we need to just get some more like uh, end around plays to whoever. Like, just bring somebody in. Just get some. 
get something that they're not expecting. Like, honestly, get yeah. something that they're not expecting. I know last year they'd bring Stanley Morgan every once in once in a while for a handoff, and he did pretty well in the end of rounds. But, like, just get something they're not expecting because this mm -hmm. this run offense is just very obvious what's coming. Get a counter play, a, a outside handoff, an ender, just anything, anything. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, we ran a lot of trick plays last year, and this year we haven't ran any so far. So yeah, that's what I was saying. Run those trick. That's what I was gonna say. Is run those trick plays, man. Like this, just to mix it up. You just need something different because it's just it's just way too obvious. If the fans at home can key in like seventy five percent of the time, what play you're gonna run, it's not good enough. Especially if it's fans that aren't even like us like where we're like junkies of sports and we're like actually like locked into the game if you're like average joe who like just watches only the bengals and they don't watch other teams and they're watching the game and they know it then it's like <laughs> you gotta like yeah. you gotta switch up the play call in there like you you have to or else yeah. it's just gonna be game after game when we're talking here we're gonna turn around and eventually they gotta do it now and turn around that play calling or against good teams like it still might beat the jets because the Jets just aren't that talented of a team. Mm -hmm. But against really good teams, it's just it's not going to work. It's really not. Teams that are close to par and talent, it's just not going to work. Yeah, agreed. Definitely a, a huge point going into this game. Yeah. So um, let's uh, talk about a player. I want to do one player each of us are going to watch this weekend. Who's your player you're going with? I am going to watch... Not Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'm going to watch Trey Hendrickson. I brought him up earlier because I want to see him get back to form with the off. Like I said, the offensive line issues are just, they're, they're big for New York right now. They lost Mekhi Becton um, and they, they're just weaker on the tackles right now. Trey Hendrickson, this is the game to get it going. I could see two sacks from him this game because dude is just a, he's too good to be held down for too long. And I don't think he just up and suddenly can't play anymore with him. I think it's a rust thing too. Like he got married in the off season. He spent extra time with his wife before he came to camp. So I think that this could be the game where you see the rust come off. He takes advantage of the weaker outside offensive linemen and, and gets a couple gets home a couple times. Yeah. Uh, I like that pick right there. Hendrickson definitely needs to get going. He's the best player in our defense. He's our, superstar on defense and we need him to step it up and get pressure on the quarterback because he's one of the best pass rushers in the league when he's on and we need him to get on now yep. if we want to turn things around exactly 100 percent with you there i'm gonna go with cordell volson here um he needs to step it up he needs to block better and he's only a rookie so he's gonna continue to get better as he gets more and more reps so against this jets team they have a solid front four front seven but uh, hoping he can have a pretty good day and the line just overall can step it up, prevent the pass rushers a little bit, and just continue to get better. Because if we see progression, I'll be happy. Because the Jets are no slacks, slouches on the front four. Yeah. I think he played well against Dallas, but Dallas also has a weaker interior defensive line than the Jets yeah, do. Yeah, on the edge is where yeah, the yeah. on the edge is where the Cowboys excel. That's why exactly. last week he played better, but it wasn't much of a test, honestly, against the Cowboys uh interior D line, like you said. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say just the 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 interior for the Jets is definitely gonna be it, it's 
they're not as good as Pittsburgh. They're just not. The defensive line is nowhere near Pittsburgh's. Um, but they're better than Dallas's, the interiors, because they they just they have they have guys who are who are better at getting to the passer, getting to the passer. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, let's talk about our predictions for this game before we wrap everything up. Who are you going with to win? Why? And what do you think the final score is going to be? I this is tough, man. I I want to pick them, but until we see, I think the offensive line communication will be better this week. I think Burrow will be more comfortable. I think the defense is going to keep playing the way they have been. But if those play calls just aren't any good, man. Like that 19 play drive, there were a lot of third and fourth down conversions. It wasn't because they switched up stuff yeah. and were taking dink and dunks. They were just they had to to convert a lot of late down plays. I, yeah. I'm i going to – I'll pick the Bengals. I don't necessarily feel great about it. I just – it's hard to see them going down 0-3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go – I'm going to pick low, though. I'm going to go 20-17. to 17. I don't think this is going to be super high scoring. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, the Bengals just haven't shown anything to pick them, but – up and three for a team that we thought could go back to the Super Bowl before the year is just tough to fathom. And I'm with you there. Like, I just can't see them going 0 and three. So I'm going to take the Bengals by a similar score. I'm going to go 24 17. I think they're going to cover the spread, but I think it's going to be a close game, honestly. I think the Bengals will be in control most of this, of this game. I don't see it as like a comeback win, honestly. I think it'll just be a grinded out, like close game, and the Bengals were in control most of it, but it was no slouch, and the Jets definitely have a shot at the end, and that's how I see it playing out. Um, for why, I just think the Bengals' talent against the Jets is just going to be too much to overcome for the Jets, honestly, because coaching wise, they're probably going to outcoach us, but the Bengals are just a very talented team, so hopefully that can just overpower the Jets a little bit and the Jets are going to be riding high off that Browns win so they might have some I wouldn't be shocked if they come in playing great and beat us honestly but I just can't fathom them going 0-3 so I'm gonna take the Bengals here to get to 1-2 and yeah agreed they the Ravens didn't play super great against the Jets and they still they the Jets still lost by double digits they were down double digits inside of two minutes against Cleveland like if they if the Bengals can't get up double digits at some point in this game, you probably want to put thoughts of the division out of your mind at that point. Yeah. So I, I think they'll be able to. I think I think the slow start is going to happen again, but I think the Jets' offense isn't going to be good enough to take advantage of it. Yeah, that that that's what I agree with you there. Um, the Cowboys, like we talked about last episode, the Cowboys just really – off to such a hot start on offense that that was the game pretty much right there because I know the Bengals came back and tied it, but the Cowboys did nothing the whole, the whole rest of the game yeah. on offense until that last drive like we talked about. And I don't think the Jets are even going to capitalize at the beginning. I think by the time the Bengals figure it out on offense, at least to get a little bit going, that the Jets won't have figured it out yet on the Bengals' defense. So <laughs> that's why I'm going to take the Bengals too. Now, I would love to see – Last second half, Joe Burrow last year, four touchdowns, dominant win. But I'm not going to predict it. But I'm not going to say there's no shot it could happen. But just there's nothing we see so far to predict that. That's just hopeful. I feel like it's in there with him still. 
and I feel like it's in there with them for this team. And we do have to remember one thing. I know they've been great and everything. This team's core is still so young. So let them – give them a little – if they lose this week, obviously, but still have some hope if they pull this one out and they look good. And have some hope that that 0-2 starts just an 0-2 start, like Joe Burr was saying yesterday, to relax. Still have mm -hmm. faith in our quarterback because he's one of the best five quarterbacks in the league, and he's one of the youngest quarterbacks in the league still. So, Yep, he had his Aaron Rodgers moment. Aaron yeah, Rogers I know. Moment. So we'll see if it, it pans out. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully he comes out this weekend and goes crazy. Because I'm pretty sure Rodgers, when he said that, went off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they went on a huge tear to end that year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, but that is all for Episode 7 of the All Day Cincinnati Sports Podcast, unless you got something for me, Donnie. No, I'm all good. All right, guys, I hope you guys did enjoy. Subscribe down below on YouTube. Hit the like button on YouTube. Uh, listen to us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well. Um, the links will be down below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, yeah, if you're coming from Facebook or Twitter, like the page, follow the page. And uh, that's all for me, from me. Uh, we'll see you all in the next podcast, guys. And, um, yeah, have a great day. See you guys. See you all.